It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. You are locked on Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On. That's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day, Locked On Mets. It's free available on all platforms, including YouTube. On the show today, we will be discussing if David Peterson and Tyler McGill are the best depth starters in all of baseball. In the first segment, I'm going to do a deep dive on David Peterson and why I think he has Really high upside to eventually be a real core piece of this rotation. We'll see if he can sort of pitch his way into that fold this season. In the second segment, we'll go through what went wrong for Tyler McGill this last year and how he can get back on track. And we'll close the show looking at the rest of the 40-man roster, even a little bit into the minor leagues, at what other starter depth the Mets have. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter, at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some I'm writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as a managing editor. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment matter more by visiting FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Now, I wanted to discuss David Peterson and Tyler McGill because I really do believe they are the best 
number six and number seven starters in all of baseball. And you look back at last season, that's essentially what the Mets did. They went into the year with those guys as the six and the seven. You had Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, Taiwan Walker, Carlos Carrasco. Then, of course, DeGrom goes down. All of a sudden, you need a starter. McGill comes in. And then throughout the season when Scherzer went down and, you know, when uh, who else went down? I'm trying to think. Was it just Scherzer and DeGrom, really? Carrasco was healthy. Walker was healthy. Bassett was healthy. So three-fifths of your rotation was good. Uh, and the, the two aces were the ones that were banged up. But then even a McGill went out and you had to mix and match. You had to cobble things together. Those two guys being your depth starters was huge because you had McGill in April, who was unbelievable. We're going to get to that in the next segment. And then you had David Peterson. And I think Peterson really did find something last year. I, I believe that Peterson, in the most ideal scenario, could be a number three. That's how good this guy could be. And before we get into the actual stats, I just want to illuminate why I believe this is the case. And it starts with the strikeouts. You know, to be able to strike out 10.73 batters per nine, that's really good. Remember, in 2021, he struck out 9.32 batters per nine. We were not expecting that from David Peterson when he came up. We thought he was going to be a guy that was going to rely on the ground balls, but the last two seasons, he struck out guys at a 24% clip, then a 27.8% clip. That's one of the best strikeout left-handed starting pitchers in all of baseball. And you wonder why his slider is legitimately one of the best in baseball. It was so nasty last year. You know how many times a batter swung in that pitch and connected? Only 52% of the time because the whiff percentage on his slider last year was 47.9%. So when you have a pitch that dynamic, the guys can't square up, they hit 175 on it, their expecting batting average was 173. They didn't slug very good against the pitch, sub 300 slugging percentage, the expected slug was 269. That one pitch is dynamic, and it really does allow him to rack up those strikeouts. And the fastball, he's got the velo up to 93.7. That's where it sits. That was the average. We saw it touch 96 at times. This is a pitcher that really has kind of progressed in a way that we weren't expecting. We saw him, you know, his first year out, 2020, strikeout rate just under 20% at 19.5. He was great as far as the results would tell you with the 3-4-4 ERA, but the expected ERA was 4-3-9. The expected fielding independent pitching is XFIP was 5.11. It pointed towards regression. We saw that regression in 2021. In 66 and two-thirds, he pitched to a 5.54 ERA, gave up about a homer and a half per nine, so a lot more long balls going out. The walks are always going to be an issue with Peterson. He can nibble at times, so his walk rates are going to hover around 10%. But to get those strikeouts up, we started to see a glimpse of it in 2021, but he gave up so much hard contact that really overshadowed that progression in strikeouts. And last year, he was able to limit the hard contact. He got the home runs back in control at 0.94 over nine innings. He was a great pitcher, 105 and two-thirds. This was a very legitimate sample size that he pitched to the 3.83 ERA. The expected metrics aren't saying that that was any type of illusion like in 2020 where, again, those metrics kind of pointed towards regression. We didn't see that. The expected ERA is 3.94, so just a little bit worse than his actual ERA. You look at the FIP, 
He had a 3.64 FIP and a 3.31 XFIP. I'm pretty sure that fielding independent pitching accounts for strikeouts a little bit more than ERA, so that's kind of where you see the discrepancy between expected ERA and expected FIP. Because he strikes out so many batters, his XFIP is going to be lower. Uh, But I think that that is a good sign of a pitcher that can work out of his own jams and, and finalize success. I also think David Peterson, in a weird way, might even be a better bullpen piece than Tyler McGill. The experiment with McGill last year didn't work. And Peterson slider, I mean, that could be your second lefty in the pen. Maybe he is the best suited to fill that Trevor Williams role where you have him in the pen. You hope that he can go out and give you two innings on occasion throughout the week. If one of your starters, you know, can't make it out of five, maybe Peterson can come in and and put out the damage. Maybe he could step up and have a little bit more utility in that role as a guy that can go in and can get a big lefty out on top of it. And then, you know, to be able to call him as a spot starter, I like Peterson filling that Williams role, I think a little more than McGill. I think McGill has a lot more to figure out than Peterson at this stage in his career. And so maybe a McGill is a better guy to be that first guy coming up from Syracuse to be that ace of the AAA rotation, going out there, pitching every fifth day, working on stuff, getting himself better, getting those innings up, and then he can maybe fill in if you need him. The chances are you are going to see most likely even 10 starts apiece from each of these guys this year. It's just a matter of how it breaks down. For Peterson, it was 19 starts last season, 28 appearances, and again, over 100 innings pitched. I, I love what I saw from David Peterson. Uh, in a lot of ways, like if you told me in a vacuum who's going to have a better season if you give him 30 starts next year, David Peterson, Jose Quintana, or Carlos Carrasco, I might even pick David Peterson. I understand why he's not going to get that opportunity because there's still two options that he has, so they can send him down to Syracuse. He gives them that flexibility. Quintana and Carrasco are veterans. You're going to give him run early, and Quintana is coming off a fantastic season, so I'm not trying to slight him at all. I'm just saying when I look at a left-handed pitcher that can almost strike out 11 batters per nine, I think, man, there's some, some more untapped potential there. And moving forward, I really do think he's going to force his way into the Mets rotation uh, and be a piece that they can have for a long time. It's not a free agent until 2027. So that's 2023, 24, 25, 26, four more years of control on David Peterson. So love him. I think he's the best six starter in baseball right now. I have to dive in and really look at who else is out there. But man, I'd be hard pressed to find a, a six starter that I would like more than this lefty. Now, Tyler McGill, at the beginning of last season, we saw him above Peterson in the pecking order. The way things unfolded for him, that is no longer the case. We're going to get into him in just a minute. First, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. That is FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, that is even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to the point spread to player props. Plus, you can combine bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, before the big game, don't miss out. 
Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying a round can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. Last season, Tyler McGill had a moment in time where he was baby the Grom. Although calling him a baby anything at six foot seven probably doesn't really match the the stature he he has on the mound. But when it came to function, a guy that stepped in to be the opening day starter, and then in April he pitches to a one nine three ERA. The velo was up. His WHIP was at zero point eight six. He struck out twenty seven batters. 28 innings, just walked six. He was looking like a frontline starter. Then he fell off a cliff. Two starts in May, gives up 11 runs in six and two thirds, went on the IL with biceps tendonitis, came back, made two starts in June, allowed six more runs in six and two thirds, went back on the IL with a shoulder strain. His ERA from those four starts went from that 1.93 all the way up to 5.01. And then we just saw him in September make five relief appearances, not to much success, gave up four runs, closed this season with two strong innings of scoreless ball against the Nats in October. But the season as a whole was a massive disappointment. Now, the thing that I will say about Tyler McGill is the injuries really overshadow what started off as a great season. So I think there's still a lot of hope there that he can regain that. And we saw his rookie season in 2021. He was dynamic. He throws strikes, the fastball will play, the slider and changeup are still the question marks in 2021, they were improved, we saw this year maybe some regression, but overall I think there's still a three pitch mix that you can count on at his size, that fastball jumps on hitters, so I still think there's an overpowering pitcher here, but I just don't know what his future holds. I mean, you would think that he would profile well in the bullpen, yet it didn't work out there. Does he go into spring training looking to be a reliever and try to break camp that way? I think they view him as depth. I think they are fully invested in him as a starting pitcher. And because of that, I just don't see him breaking camp with the team because I think there's other veterans that are more suited to be that Trevor Williams. You know, David Peterson now is a more advanced pitcher than Tyler McGill. Eleazar Hernandez, who we're talking about in the next segment, even though I don't like him, I mean, if it's just to be the kind of mop-up guy, the the spot starter, he's got a shot to make the team. Joey Lucchese has a lot of experience where maybe you plug him into that role and he could find success. McGill did not pitch well coming out of the bullpen last season, and I think that the best course of action for him is to get him to work on his stuff, have him pitch every fifth day, and get him ready to go because at some point in the season, 
someone will go down and you might need a starter for a month and McGill could be that guy. You could even see a scenario where Peterson is thriving in the Trevor Williams role and then McGill gets to slide into the rotation instead of him. That is a viable option. One thing that I think he has to work on, I was just looking at all the stats and trying to see if there was any major change between 2021 and 2022 that could point to some of his struggles. And the one thing I would look at is his changeup. Now, he was throwing harder last year, and it really had you know some success as far as the fastball, but the changeup, he added too much velo there, and there wasn't enough of a difference between his fastball and a changeup, and batters were basically seeing a pitch that was just a, a slowed-down fastball that they were able to hammer. Last year, if you look at 2021, he had a changeup at 85.4 miles per hour coming off of a fastball 94.7. So nearly 10 miles per hour of difference between the two pitches. His changeup had a whiff percentage of 31.9%. The expected batting average was 229. The expected slug was 433. Not great when it comes to the slugging, but the batting average wasn't too bad and he was getting whiffs on the pitch. This past year in 2022, the changeup was up to 89.1 miles per hour coming off a fastball that was at 95.7. So not enough separation there, about 6.6 miles per hour. You want to elongate that difference. You want it to be about 10 miles per hour difference so you can get the whiffs. His whiff percentage dropped to 24.3% on the changeup. The expected batting average skyrocketed to 301. The expected slug was at 570. I believe his actual slug was at 644 against that pitch. He got rocked with that changeup. So if he can get back to taking some off of it, I think that's going to help him. As long as he's locating that fastball up in the zone, he's going to be able to get ahead in counts. He's going to make it tough on batters, particularly with his size. If he gets that fastball kind of rising action going, you know that that's a pitch that can really be effective, that he can work off of, and he just has to really master those secondaries. Again, this is a pitcher that, Really had a fast track to the majors, had injuries early in his minor league career, just basically burst onto the scene in 2021 and found his way on the MLB roster due to injuries. I think that the the rush in development was okay, but then the rush in innings pitched was the issue that year. They had him leap way too much when it came to his innings count. And at the end of the season when the Mets were out of it, they were still throwing him out there every fifth day where they should have just shut him down and got him ready for the upcoming season in 2022. And I think that came back to bite him because I think we saw a pitcher who, based on his natural development in April, was kind of continuing that trend in the right direction from 2021. And then he gets hurt and it becomes a lost season. So hopefully he can stay healthy. I think he's that first starter in Syracuse. And with that, there's going to be a month at some point where he can step up and fill a need in the rotation. And if he can fill a need the same way he did in April when DeGrom went out and pitched to a sub-2 ERA, this Mets team is going to be a train that won't stop because they have two pitchers in Peterson and McGill that can slide into your rotation. And unless it's for the two aces, like it was this past year, you're going to feel amazing about the Mets rotation all season long. But there's other depth shot options too. This is not it when it comes to depth for the Mets. They did an amazing job kind of building out that 40-man roster. So I want to speak to the remainder of the depth in just a minute. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. We just got through the holidays. I know it's my goal to eat a little bit healthier this time of year. And with that, 
I know I can go to Built Bar to no longer compromise taste for good health. Built Bars come covered in 100% real chocolate, which just makes them absolutely, unbelievably delicious. They have flavors like the churro, the peanut butter brownie, the coconut almond, protein bars that taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is they are so healthy with only 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't have to wait anymore. In the past, we would always speak about how you could order your Built Bars at Built.com, which you still can. But now if you don't want to wait, head out to the store because they're now being carried in your local Walmart or Sam's Club. You can head to your nearest Walmart today, go to the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box of Built Bars, we could pick up a four-bar box of the cookies and cream, the double chocolate, or the coconut puffs. Or, if you're close to a Sam's Club, head over there and grab a 13-bar box of their hit flavors, the brownie batter and the churro. You can make me later. Go to the store and buy your Built Bars today. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom. Cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. All right, so what other depth is on the Mets roster when it comes to their starting rotation? The first name to discuss is Joey Lucchese. 4-2-4 career ERA for Lucchese. He's coming off Tommy John, but we know at this point that's a surgery you feel pretty good about. He missed all of last season. So I think we can expect him to make a healthy return. How much is he going to be able to pitch? How effective will he be? That's a conversation for another day, but I think you just feel good about the fact that you can Put this guy in a Syracuse rotation with the Tyler McGill and just have another option. And you know what? If he looks amazing in camp, I like him as a depth option that could fill that Trevor Williams role. We saw him sort of pitching in a not quite a starter opener type role, but a you know you're going to face the lineup twice and get out of there type you know situation in 2021. I think that'll probably remain the case. So if he does slide into the rotation, those are days you'll have to lean on your bullpen more. But he also, as a reliever, as a swingman, that's what you need. You just need two times to the order. That's why we kind of saw Trevor Williams have so much success because if he faces the lineup a third time through, you get a little bit worried. So I, I like Lucchese in that role. I, I like kind of Peterson and Lucchese as the Trevor Williams more than I like Miguel at this stage. Uh, because I just, again, think that Miguel's got a lot of stuff he could work on, and I think that you want him to be as stretched out as possible. So those are the main depth options. That gets you to eight starters, but this Mets uh, 40-man roster really has 10 viable options. The next one's Jose Budo, in my opinion, because Elizar Hernandez was awful. So, yes, he's depth, but he pitched to a 6-3-5 ERA for the Marlins last year and just looked god-awful. So I don't think Hernandez, or I hope Hernandez, does not have a role this year because I think it'll look like Jared Eikhoff in 2021. Now, back to Budo, a 3.56 ERA last season, pitched 129 innings between Double A AA and Triple A, and was even better in Triple A, a 2.45 ERA and eight outings there. 
when we saw Budo pitch against the Braves, if I'm not mistaken, it wasn't pretty. He gave up a lot of runs, but he got you like through four, where a lot of times we'll see these guys come up, you know, Thomas Zabucky, prime example, and he can't make it out of an inning. Can't get any outs at all. At least Budo was able to buckle down, able to compete. I like him a lot. Uh, you know, I think there's a good chance we see Budo at some point this season. And beyond that, he has a great season in Syracuse. He could be knocking on the door of the rotation come 2024. So Budo is really nice depth to have. Hernandez, you got him with Jeff Brigham. You, you traded Jake Mangum for two depth arms. Uh, Brigham I actually really like as a reliever. But Hernandez, the bottom line is, he has some experience, some experience pitching in this division without much success, but there is experience to draw on, and you like having another arm you can stretch out. Um, but ultimately, I think he'll get DFA'd at some point early in the season. Now, Dominic Hamill is another option for the Mets that I wanted to spotlight. I don't think that we see him this year. Actually, I kind of doubt we see him. Everything would have to go wrong for him to come up, but I also think he can really pitch himself into some conversations by the end of the season where... You're saying, all right, Dominic Hamill, legit option for the Mets. A 3-2-5 ERA, 119 innings last year. 2-5-9 ERA once he made it up to high A and 11 starts. Former third-round pick in 2021, 23 years old. We'll see where the Mets place him to start the season, if they want him to get a little more work in Brooklyn, or if they decide to be aggressive and put him in double A, which is what I would do. I would maybe try to keep him in double A for the whole season and just see what he does. Sometimes it's good to have a prospect where you put them in a place and you just say, all right, you're going to play baseball there all year. Just just put up good numbers, have a good season, work on getting into a nice routine, and just prepare to eventually become a big leaguer, which I think he will be come 2024. And again, he could be one of those guys that has good enough stuff that maybe he starts in double-A and he's pitching to a sub-2-5 ERA through 15 starts, and you got Tyler McGill struggling in Syracuse, and you need a starter, and maybe you look at Hamill instead of McGill. It's an option. Now, he's not on the 40 yet, so that is something, obviously, that would have to be worked out for him to be depth this season. But if we're sort of forecasting depth, not only for this year but beyond, Dominic Hamill is a name that deserves some mentioning because I think he's going to be a good pitcher in this league. Uh, he just has to prove it now in the higher, higher upper levels of the minor leagues, but I think he'll do that. So that is kind of the state of the depth that the Mets have right now for their starting rotation. Uh, hopefully, you don't have to call on that depth too much because the best result for the Mets this season is you get 30 starts from Justin Verlander, 30 starts from Max Scherzer, 30 starts from Kodai Senga, and maybe you get 25 apiece from Quintana and Carrasco, and you get you know 10 from Peterson. Something along those lines would be fantastic. Uh, we'll just have to see how it all shakes out. But that's going to be all for today's edition of Locked on Mets. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure you follow, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Ficklestein Ryan. Follow the show, at Locked on Mets. Thank you for making Locked on Mets your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on MLB Prospects, hosted by Lindsey Crosby. Locked on MLB Prospects is where you want to go to learn about the stars of tomorrow. You can follow Locked on MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever. You get podcasts. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.